You're listening to the Practical Islamic Finance Podcast, where we help people globally build wealth in a halal way. We hope you find it useful and fun. Anything you hear in this podcast is not to be understood as personalized financial or investment advice and only represents the views of the speaker. Investing entails risk, including loss of principal. Be sure to do your own due diligence before you make any investment decisions. Some of the episodes of this podcast are audio versions of corresponding Practical Islamic Finance YouTube videos. If you want to watch the video version of the podcast, simply go to the Practical Islamic Finance YouTube channel. And now, without further ado, bismillah. Assalamu alaikum. Since becoming a chartered financial analyst, charter holder, people ask me all the time to review their investment portfolios and finances and These reviews have gained me a unique amount of insight into people's financial lives. By the way, you can book a meeting with me using the link in the description of this video. One thing that has stood out to me from all of my reviews, which I don't see enough people thinking critically about, is are two incomes actually better than one? Is it always better, financially speaking, for both the husband and the wife to be working? Or does it make more sense to have one primary breadwinner while the other spouse takes care of the home and kids. You're probably familiar with the arguments that traditional roles for the man and the woman are better for raising healthy, well-adjusted kids that have instilled in them the morals that we want to have instilled in them. After all, if we don't raise our kids ourselves, someone else will inevitably raise them for us. Either the TV will do it, or the neighborhood, or the classroom, or... TikTok. You don't need me to tell you how dangerous this is, especially in light of the ideas that are permeating society nowadays. It takes a lot of effort and time and dedication to make sure we are preserving the futra in our children, that is preserving the innate sense of right and wrong that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has instilled in us from birth. And to shield our children from the corruptors of this intuitive sense of right and wrong. The Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said, No child is born except on al-Futra or Islam. And then his parents either make him Jewish or Christian or Magian. As an animal produces a perfect young animal, do you see any part of its body amputated? That is to say, when an animal is born, it is born whole with no defects, and so too is the futra of the person. Raising our children the proper way is a full-time career, which I would argue is far more important than any other career. I suspect most of my viewers probably agree with this. However, what I think is lost on many is that even from a financial perspective, having two incomes is often less advantageous. Let me explain. The obvious case when two incomes is less advantageous than one is when the costs of the services that the couple has to outsource exceeds the income of one of the two spouses. For example, let's say you want to outsource the costs of cooking, cleaning, and childcare in the United States. The average hourly wage of a private chef in the US is around $25 an hour. Let's say it takes four hours per day to prep and cook three meals for the average size family, two adults and two kids, that's about $100 per day. Every month, that's $3,000 per month. You could obviously buy takeout, but this obviously has a high cost on health. I mean, have you seen the oil that restaurants cook with or 
how much butter they use or what actually goes into their food. I'm looking at you, Taco Bell. So assuming you'd spend money on home-cooked meals and not medical bills and obesity treatments, the cost of having home-cooked meals three times a day is around $3,000 a month if you want to hire someone. If we look at childcare in the U.S., on average, it costs around $10,000 annually, which comes out to $833 a month. This is for average childcare, mind you. High-quality childcare costs will run you anywhere from $1,500 to I've seen as high as $5,000 per month, which comes out to $18,000 to $60,000 per year. This is for one child. And since in our example, we're looking at a family with two children, this number should be doubled. But let's continue with the averages in our example. So we're not going to consider that we're getting high quality child care. We just want the average child care. So if you were to hire an average personal chef and have average child care for your two kids, this is going to run you about 3000 per month for the chef plus 1600 per month for child care, 800 each child. So that comes out to $4,600 per month for cleaning. I checked at least in my area, starting cost for cleaning once a week for a standard sized home with two bedrooms and two baths is around $150. So that's an additional $600 per month. And now our total is $5,200 per month. Mind you, this is $5,200 in after-tax money. So assuming the 20% tax rate, before tax, you have to be earning around $6,500 per month because if you take 20% of that number for taxes, you're left with the $5,200 you need for the home-cooked meals, the childcare, and the cleaning. And when you multiply $6,500 by 12 months in a year, this comes to a salary of $78,000. So if a mother is doing an average job cooking, cleaning, and raising her children, and only these things, she's not doing anything else, a very conservative estimate would mean she is making up for income of at least $78,000 annually in the U.S. I say at least because most mothers don't do average jobs. Not with their family, they don't. They do high-quality work that really no one else can quite do even if they tried. So probably the figure is much higher than 78,000. So theoretically, if a family were to decide to outsource the tasks traditionally assigned to the mother in favor of her working outside the home to come out ahead financially, the bare minimum that she would need to earn annually is $78,000. Mind you, this is just speaking from a strictly financial perspective. Life isn't all about money. The benefit that a kid gets from coming home from school and finding a mother that has the time to listen to the problems that they may be facing and give them advice and encouragement as opposed to one that will be home in an hour and when she gets home she's going to be exhausted and not in the mood to hear about anything. The benefit that a child gets from that cannot be quantified in dollar terms. One argument in response to this calculation would be what if a couple is able to do both? What if they are able to maintain two jobs, two full-time careers, and keep in-house all the tasks that I just mentioned with no loss in quality whatsoever? For argument's sake, let's assume this is possible 
without any loss in quality. There are still some considerations that I think deserve contemplation. From a societal perspective, the book The Two Income Trap observes that despite the dramatic rise in total household income as families move from a single earner to a dual earner structure between the 1970s and the 2000s, total discretionary income that is the total income minus fixed cost. So discretionary income is everything that you have a choice where it goes. So you've covered all your necessities. Now you have money with some flexibility around where it can be spent. This amount actually declined over this same period, even though you saw families go from single earners to dual earners, as I mentioned. In other words, fixed expenses actually rose dramatically for families. This was explained by things like families needing more cars because they had two people that needed to go to work and families getting into bidding wars for limited real estate that is in good school districts. So housing prices went up and universities being able to charge more for students because families could pay more and the spots at universities that people want to go to that families want to send their children to are limited so there was general inflation in prices for the things that were limited in supply that people needed because of the two incomes that families now have additionally and this may be counterintuitive to some but dual income families may actually be more fragile when facing a sudden loss of one spouse's income why do i say this well this is because dual income families tend to have lifestyles that can only be supported by two incomes. If one income is lost, there is no one in reserve, so to speak, to step in and help. So for example, when a two-income family buys a house with a $2,000 monthly payment, typically both adults need to be working in order for them to be able to afford this payment. On the other hand, a family with a single earner with, let's say, $1,000 per month housing payment. If the breadwinner loses their main job, they may be able to find temporary work that allows them to afford $500 of the $1,000 payment. And then the other spouse may be able to find temporary work as well that can enable them to pay the remaining $500 in their housing payment. So the other spouse is in a position to step in and pick up some of the financial slack. So there is a reserve asset with a single income family, which is the spouse that is staying at home. To give a sports analogy, there is someone sitting on the bench, so to speak, in a single income household. But with a dual income family, the entire team is on the court and any injury will leave the team shorthanded. There is also another consideration that I think not many people think about, which is that in a lot of professions, earning potential is not linear. That is to say, it doesn't go up in a straight line in relation to number of hours worked. Harvard economist Claudia Golding calls this the non-linearity premium, which means that someone who works half-time is generally going to receive less than half-time pay, whereas someone who works double the hours has the potential to earn more than two people working full-time. So for example, if you think about who's going to become the CEO of 
a company out of three people. Two of them work 40 hours per week and one of them works 80 hours per week. Well, it's likely that the person working 80 hours a week is going to be the CEO between the three employees. And the CEO of a company will sometimes earn tens, if not hundreds of times, what the average employee in their company earns. Another example is a lawyer working 80 hours per week. They'll generally out earn two other lawyers who work 40 hours per week. And this is particularly true considering that the lawyer who is working 80 hours per week can expect to peak much higher in their career. For example, they become a partner in a prestigious firm when compared to the two other lawyers, each working 40 hours per week and sharing household responsibilities. And finally, households that spend less during their working years also may end up better prepared for retirement simply because the lower spending levels reduces their retirement saving needs. Now, from what I said, am I advocating for women not to be educated? Of course not, that's ridiculous. I'm looking at you, Taliban. If you'll recall, one of the benefits of having a stay-at-home wife and mother is that the family has a reserve asset that it can tap into when needed to support it financially. This requires investing in the human capital of this reserve asset so that it has income earning potential. So the argument for the financial robustness of a single income household increasing compared to the dual income household hinges on there being some income earning potential for the spouse that is staying at home. Additionally, people who think raising a child the correct way, instilling in them the values that you want giving the child the best chance of living a happy and fulfilled life does not require an extremely high level of intelligence and education, probably have never raised a child themselves. And I would add to this, in order for a man who is working full-time and aspiring to reach those higher levels of income to have a better chance of reaching those achievements. It helps a lot to have an educated, bright wife to consult with and get advice from that can help him along the way in making the right decisions. I'm also not advocating for women not to work. The fact is when kids are at an age where they go to school or are in summer camp, for example, there may be a lot of extra hours in the day, which it makes sense to fill with things that are mentally stimulating and productive, especially nowadays, freelancers can can choose to increase or decrease their hours basically at will. So I actually advocate women adding something they find engaging and interesting. And if they can make money from it, why not? All the better. What I'm actually advocating for in this video is for a proper cost benefit analysis to be done with regards to the different courses of action that families can choose to take and the different relevant considerations that need to be accounted for. The bottom line is that in terms of increasing the financial well-being of a family, let alone all of the other very important considerations, sometimes two incomes is not better than one.
If you want my help in getting your financial life in order or just reviewing your investments, you can book a meeting using the link in the description of this video. If you like this video, I'd really appreciate if you left a like and subscribe for more content like it. If you didn't like the video and you want to let me know what you think, try to do so in a constructive way in the comments. I welcome any feedback. Until next time, make sure to take care of yourself. Assalamu alaikum and peace be upon you all. Thank you for listening to the Practical Islamic Finance Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it and would like to leave us a review, we would greatly appreciate it. Until next time, take care of yourself. Assalamu alaikum and peace be upon you all.